Onward rejoicing, I tread life's way. Up this hilltop, a narrow sidewalk, but I run and dream away. Higher I'm climbing each passing day. Do something you know can inspire others, but kill you some day. Hilltops of glory now rise in view. Once I'm to the top, I'll forget it was you. Where all shall be made new. So what about the failing few? Good morning, good evening, good night, ladies and listeners, gentlemen and bros, women. This is Bud Talks Podcast, episode 235. I just read the beginning of a poem I wrote, December 4th, 2018, and I want to read it through. I'll put a link in the thingy-mabobber to this podcast on Podbean so you can read it through. To give you a little bit more context, this poem was written around the time I started writing Bourgeoisie, which turned into Rigel, which is now available on Amazon.com. It's a recollection through him. It's a collection of recollections through him. Him is Rigel. Him is an imaginary character. Originally, this write-up, this poem started as Mount Deacon, Deacon's Blue, Deacon's Bliss. Let me just read it to you so that you can kind of understand it. On a cold hilltop of glory down the street from my home, I run it to secure the story upon my father's proposed throne. Creatively running and speaking to a supposed stone, to the top is where I dance, fight, and alone, as he once proposed. Since I can't speak with him about this journey, I embark so bold. During my excruciating runs is when we speak until his message is complete, and onto a new understanding I approach. Before his creative beast learned to speak, runs up a hilltop were as shameful as planes without wings. Flying wasn't his thing, and dying was something he knew we'd all be doing. And upon his transition, he took flight and was carried by the wings of Mount Zion's calling. It hurts upon the descent to the top, because it's where we die and renew the runner's high of thoughts. Upon my father's final approach to to Mount Zion's viewing porch, he said, I'm here, and that world down there you must never touch, but water it till the love we've spread is dust. I shouldn't tell you what that means because I promised him I'd show readers what it feels to be riding a dream and be forever in flight with a beast unseen who soars higher than eagles disconnecting with people in love as its fuel, pristine and mistakenly cruel. And then I kind of go on. Dear Dad, we both made it up top a new Mount Zion, my home down below your throne in blue like we once grew together and known. It's Mount Deep, it's Mount Deacum, alas, where you'll rest well forever in contrast. Meanwhile, runs in a city down here are, are magnificent over the bridges at night, canvassed by beautiful dark skies that shine so bright. I recently moved in with Rocky to work out the worries. He got me boxing, just like you, not even him 
will stop me. And writing daily despite the past year in aviation being paid so nicely. And remember me watching Doug at night? Watching Doug at night? Well, my journal's divine. They'll read it upon my final Mount Zion flight. But first, Brazil, Europe, Africa, Asia, and back to the Nordic. I'm sure in flight we'll speak over the jerk. I'm sure in flight we'll speak over the drink I order. Did you speak to my grandma Joe yet? She never thought I could become a pilot. Don't worry, I'm not yet. But still reminisce riding to the airport from her apartment. I told the people this would be the last I'd ever tell the story. I had to get the ending from you. Listening to Teddy Pentagrass up hilltops with views. Running fast at the end through the field of grass, renewed, like the December night I remember leaving you. By the way, what about Grandma Deer? Did you ever hear about that prematernal fear? I was recently told about how you were never supposed to be here, but you arrived, proving fear puts the eagle in joyous tears. Maybe my muse can't push others like her from their sheer, as long as I don't break the rules of Zion, sounding weird. And hopefully no one mistakes my tears for weakness. Do you know what, did you know it's the water flowing down Mount Deacon's bliss? At least readers will see what happens when a vehicle is overfueled. These tears prove we're rich. Our memories are jewels. Love your main man. Now I don't really know what the fuck I was talking about in that poem. I kind of went on. Um, excuse me. The runner, the writing, or this post is called Writings from a runner's high and I, I just lied I do know what I was talking about so this was a like I mentioned earlier I was transitioning into kind of a more heartfelt poet at the time and reconnecting with what had happened actually two years prior to this which was my dad passing away and I kind of always thought as him leaving as me continuing his legacy of whatever it might be is connecting with people around the world because my dad had a kind of wide range of friends and but he was also kind of a recluse as some would call him and so was I am I so am I I'm a recluse but I have a lot of friends So the idea of Deacom's Blue, Mount Deacom, or Deacom's Bliss. So I grew up on Deacom, Deacom Street, Northeast Portland. And when my father got sick, I think I was in the eighth grade going into high school, and we, we he sold the house and we had to move my sophomore year in high school we moved out to what people in Portland referred to as the numbers so everyone who was kind of losing their home in northeast Portland some kind of referred to it as gentrification maybe it is but for us it was more so my father being put into retirement because he was sick with diabetes and this kind of lingered on for a good 
10, 15 years before he ended up passing. However, for us, or for me personally, I always told my sister I would buy back the house on Deacom, the blue house on Deacom. I don't know if it's blue anymore, but when we moved into it, it was red. And then we painted it blue or it, it turned blue. I don't remember it being painted as a kid. Maybe it was, but Deacom's blue was an idea of creating kind of this re-imagery of childhood past and dreams and what ended up happening in 2018 is I bought a blue house, not the house I grew up in, but I bought a blue house. And before purchasing my first home, the home I'm in now, I was starting to run a lot more and meditative run, more importantly. And once you run flat for a couple miles, you know, it kind of gets boring for me, especially because music can only be so wielding through your runs. So I started to run the hilltops. There's so many hills in my neighborhood and one of the hilltops down the street from this home is, I believe, where my father would have been buried. Um, but I could be wrong because his mom, my grandma dear, who I mentioned in this poem, was actually buried on, I think it's a sunset the Sunset uh, Cemetery over in Southwest Portland, excuse me, Northwest Portland. And I would always run that hilltop. It's about a mile up, a mile down. And one time I actually ran it, it goes up forever because it goes into Happy Valley. So if you're familiar with Portland, Oregon, Clackamas County, Happy Valley is kind of a hilly area and there's a lot more hills once you keep going through the neighborhood. And one time, yeah, I ran it all the way up, about three miles uphill. And But those during those meditative runs and kind of the excruciating parts, you know, I would have this idea of a voice in my head. And it's like, what is this voice? I mean, it's, it's me. I don't know if people have that connection with themselves deeply that you kind of get a sense of, Maybe it's God talking to you because I've, I've kind of spoke about this. I mentioned it about, I don't know, there's a couple of podcasts when I talk about my flotation tech experiences where there becomes such a quiet and dark space that there's just thoughts and images. At, at some point, the images kind of just dissipate. The images aren't even there anymore. But when you're running, the images are there because your eyes are open. Otherwise, you'll get hit by a car because you got to see where you're going. But in flotation tank, you just hear that voice as the images fade away and it's just black. So the runner's high of thoughts basically was me running up Malcolm's, excuse me, Malcolm's, <laughs> Mount Bliss, Mount Deacon's Bliss. And Mount Deacon was this idea that I somewhat overcame this idea of having to overcome something. And to be honest with you all, I still kind of question what it is that I try to overcome every day. And I think it's this, I mean, let's put it plain and simple. I mean, we all try to overcome our ego because our ego is the one thing that's telling us that we have to be something 
but your ego, from what I've read in many books and listened to other, I hate to call them self-improvement, self-help, but I mean, the ego is more of a mindful narrative and that's pretty much all we're doing. But there's a larger part of us that doesn't think and it's more intuitive and there aren't really words to explain that unless you've experienced this yourself. So once you kind of get in touch with that intuitive part of you, it's past the primitive ideas, it's past the the systems of what we're kind of born into and it's more or less you as a body of work and I started to explore this during my most excruciating points of a run. And like I was saying earlier, you can only get so far with it when you're running on flat ground. You kind of have to push yourself to run uphill because then you're kind of meditating, especially if you're at mile one or two on a hilltop run, then you're kind of in a moment of grace because it's painful at some point, especially, you know, at that time, you know, after I wrote this, I wasn't really running hilltops. I'd only been running hilltops for a couple of months at this point. And I don't really know what was really going through my mind at the time, but I would have to quiet the narrative, especially the narrative that says you're tired. And that narrative, more or less, once it was quiet, it kept coming back, but it was a little bit different. It wasn't the imagery narrative was more so of a instructional narrative and I think I kind of lost myself in the sense that when I do get to that runner's high point I'm not really Terrell anymore I'm just kind of this running beast who likes to dance sing and almost carry out something that I can't really explain I wish one day somebody would almost just record me running because it's something almost like a phenomenon because I'll sometimes just kind of think back and say, damn, that was a damn good run. I don't know who the fuck I was. I'll wave at people, smile at people as if it's a performance. And it's like I'm running in this way of just being so lost in myself and it's only nothing more than a runner's high because, I mean, if you're a runner and you're listening to this, then you know that once you get that runner's high, anything goes. I mean, yeah, maybe I was a little delusional to say, yeah, I'm speaking to my dead father at these most excruciating points of my run, but the truth is, I mean, we all... Maybe not, maybe some. We have this voice in us that when we do quiet our minds for long enough, it's automated and it'll speak to us. And if you carry it out and kind of allow it to just be what it's supposed to be, then your body kind of becomes something that you'll never, you, you can't really explain. And then when you're done, you're like, damn, where the hell did that come from? It's it's almost genius because it's applauding to me personally because, like I said, I've done things on these runs 
even with writing, I mean, even with day-to-day things, you know, it's like you don't really go out to seek or, I mean, you can't really expect to get meaning from things if you're not letting go of the, the questioning of what is meaning. It's more about look around you. Like Drake said, if you want to see things on a brighter side, just look in the mirror. But don't stand there looking for the mirror. It's right in front of you. The runner's high for me is becoming, maybe it's my father's wildest dreams. The runner's high for me was more about seeking something that we all look for in just the wrong places. And the fact that we look for it more powerfully implies that we don't have it. So with that, you kind of have to lose yourself in things that ground you. And for me, yeah, it's writing, it's running, it's exhausting myself to see who is it, Bud? Who is it, Terrell, that grows out of the spaces that we say we, we give up? So yeah, I give up, but it's like, no, you don't. You give up when God tells you you give up. You give up when you're dead and you don't experience death. It happens and you're done. Like, have you experienced falling asleep? No, you've experienced waking up. You've experienced being tired. In unique, ex- unique, I guess, situations, people do experience death or whatnot. But for the most part, I mean, you have to, if you want something so badly, you have to look to where you don't want to be. Because you'll find yourself in places that you have to become something that isn't quite you, but that's just exactly what will be required for you to get what you're asking for. I was running much of December 2018 in the dark. Obviously, it's after daylight saving time ends and the city lights would be more visible, obviously, with the stars kind of just topping them up high and they would be canvassed by black and light doesn't exist without the understanding of dark. It's almost as if we're not really in existence or being unless we are in our darkest moments. And I'll be honest with you, Recording this tonight, excuse me, today, I, I had to stop because I was kind of getting caught up in these words. Like, like, why would I write something so absurd and so almost mystical? Like, dear dad, like, the nigga's not going to read this. I mean, this is, it be, the poem begins, or this creative writing prompt begins with one of the songs that my father used to sing in church. Onward, rejoicing, I tread life's way, higher, I'm climbing. And then I kind of put my own remix to it like most niggas do. But, I mean, I kind of go on about this experience and like revisiting 2016 whilst in <laughs> 2018. Because between 2016 and 2018, I mean, a lot of this stuff was suppressed. So the writings kind of came out. 
and I had the freedom to write, and it came out in this poem. Mount Zion's viewing porch. Porch. What? What the fuck is that, Terrell? I mean, explain Mount Deacon's bliss. Well, it's the tears that mist from the waters of cry off the mountain because we're always climbing somewhere to be somewhere and some of us are just on a lifestyle of rants saying shit that only makes sense to a certain group of people so as you listen to Bud Talks Podcast episode 235 I guess myself as well is witnessing lost words and a very oddly written poem that I wish I could explain to most of you, but maybe they'll write a movie on it. Thanks for listening. Good morning. Good evening. Good night. Happy holidays. <laughs>